I can't possibly be successful because I've never done it before. You have to practice. You have to fail. You have to give up sometimes. And same thing with any goal that you have, any new identity that you want to create for yourself. It's going to be kind of messy. So you look at what you can do to create the capacity and the capability to do whatever it is that you want to do. You don't have to look to your past. You can create your identity based on who you want to be in the future. Welcome to Is This All There Is, the podcast for high-achieving women who have checked all the boxes of success and are left feeling overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and stuck. I'm your host, Dr. Amanda Ryan-Fear, and in each episode, we'll use principles of cognitive psychology, feminist theory, and expert mindset coaching to help you build the confidence and clarity you need to accomplish whatever it is you want, even if you don't yet know what that is. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to Is This All There Is? Episode number 43. You may notice we're doing something a little bit different today. And going forward, I'm going to be recording the podcast on video so that you can access it on YouTube as well. So if you're listening to this in the car or on your run or wherever it is that you listen to podcasts, awesome. You can now access it in a variety of different places and see my fabulous face as I'm talking to you. So today I'm going to talk a little bit about future you. So this is a concept that we address in all of my coaching programs, basically, is who do you want to be in the future? And it's super interesting. I was just reading an, a blurb from the Harvard Business Review the other day talking about a study that was done, or maybe it was multiple studies. Honestly, I don't remember now. Saying that most people think that they'll be the same person in the future as they are right now, which I think is super interesting. Like on one level, I can relate to that, thinking that, yeah, in the future, I'll probably have a lot of the same characteristics, but there's a big part of me that's like, no, I'm going to be totally different in the future. <laughs> like In the future, I am going to have reached all of these goals that I have for myself. And when you reach for bigger and higher goals, you have to become the person who can achieve them. So I want you to think about that for a minute. So let's imagine I want to create seven figures in my business. So in order to do that, I'm going to have to become the person who understands how to create and run a seven-figure business. I know I'm not there yet. I know I'm not that person yet because I don't have a seven-figure business. I'm a person who knows how to run and create a six-figure business because I've done that. But seven figures? No, that's future me. That's future Amanda. I'd like to start running again. I've had a variety of injuries. Most of you know about my heart surgery. So I've been doing a lot of walking. I've been riding my horse. I've been getting to the beach and doing some surfing. But I'm not back to running yet. So that's future me. Future Amanda knows how to move my body with injuries and start running again. So I want you to really think about that. Are you in the camp where you feel like your identity is fixed and you're going to be the same in the future as you are right now? Or are you more along the lines of how I think 
and think that I have all of these big goals and I'm becoming the person who can achieve these goals by becoming the person who has and does and is these things. And I think we have to consider perfectionism here too, because the perfectionist part of my brain is like, no, no, in the future, you're going to be perfect. It's going to be amazing. You'll have the seven-figure business. Your home will always be clean. You will always look tidy and you're, you'll wear designer clothes and you'll never doubt yourself. You will always feel happy, right? That's the perfectionist brain because the perfectionist brain thinks that in the future we'll be perfect and therefore in the future we'll get to actually like ourselves. Like we'll get to approve of ourselves in the future. So that's a dangerous path to go down too. So considering who do you want to be in the future? Who is you 2.0? So a lot of us look to the past to answer that question of who will I be in the future? What have I been able to do in the past in order to determine who I'm going to be in the future? But the past doesn't actually answer that question. The past can't tell us what we're capable of because we don't yet know what we're capable of. We haven't seen it yet. What we're capable of is our capacity to grow, our capacity for self-improvement, our capacity for expansion. So when I ask you, what are you capable of? And you look to your past, you're like, okay, well, here are the things I've done in my past. So therefore, I know I'm capable of that. You've completely limited your capacity for growth, your, your future self. You've limited your future self to be the same as your past self and your current self. And I know that's not particularly what you want, but unfortunately, that's what so many of you are doing. So when I ask you, why aren't you taking that action that you need to take to create this result that you want? What you'll likely tell me is, well, I've never done it before. But can you imagine, let's use the learning to walk metaphor because I think it's so appropriate in so many situations. Can you imagine if I asked you that when you were learning how to walk? If I'm like, hey, baby, how come you're not practicing learning how to walk? And you say, because of course you can form complete sentences. Well, I've never done it before, right? That's why you have to do it. That's why you have to work through it. You have to practice it. You have to fall down. That's how you learn to walk. But can you imagine if I said, well, I can't walk because I've never done it before. You never do anything. And yet as adults, we say that all the time as if it makes sense, right? I can't possibly open my own business because I've never done it before. I can't possibly be successful in this different industry, in this different job because I've never done it before. I can't possibly be successful in learning French because I've never done it before. I used to see this all the time in the kids that I taught. When I taught high school art, kids would come into my class and they would be like, I'm a bad artist. And I would ask them, well, how do they know that? And they would say, well, I'm just not good at art when I try to draw something that looks really crummy. And I would say, well, yeah, of course, because you have never taken an art class. It's We have this idea that we're born with this capability of doing something. Like I, I was born an artist and so therefore I'm good at art. But that's not true. You have to practice. You have to fail. You have to give up sometimes. <laughs> that It's hard. And same thing with any goal that you have, any new identity that you want to create for yourself. It's going to be kind of messy. 
And I'm going to address that more a little bit down, down the road here. So you look at what you can do to create the capacity and the capability to do whatever it is that you want to do. So I want you to switch these questions from who am I? Because it makes it sound like it's already defined. For most of you, when I ask that question, you're interpreting it as if your identity is something that's static, that's already been created, that maybe you were even born with. Instead of looking at it as something that you get to create, you get to create who it is you are and what you're capable of. So when I ask you the question, who are you becoming? It's so much more interesting and it helps you focus on that future of yours. So when you ask people, how are you? If they have something that they're looking forward to, if they have something that's coming up that they're excited about, a lot of the times they'll be like, I'm great. I'm about to go on vacation or I'm great. I'm about to graduate or whatever. And then you ask other people how they're doing. They'll focus on the past. Like I've had a rough day so far. Yesterday was hard. This month has been hard. My childhood was hard. Whatever. Those people are focusing on the past. They're defining how they are currently based on the past. So most people trend towards the past to define how they're doing right now. And they're trending towards the circumstances of what happened or the circumstances of their life to define how they are. And I want to change that because that is just going to hold you back. That's what we teach and practice in my coaching programs to define yourself on your own terms, facing how you are on how you're thinking, on future you. And then we create the kind of life that you want to live in the future. But if we take it to another level, which is how are you, and we take it to who are you, I want you to know that you can look to your future to define that for yourself. You don't have to look to your past. There's so many things in my life that I'm excited about right now. And that's where I tend to live is thinking about future me and who am I becoming and what fun things do I get to do and what am I creating and who am I helping? So you can create your identity, your identity based on who you want to be in the future. So here's something I want you to consider is your self-concept, this identity, this these thoughts about yourself are just that. Your self-concept is made entirely up of thoughts. And as you know from listening to this podcast, a thought is just a sentence in your head. That doesn't mean that it's the truth. So we have these thoughts that we think all the time, and that's a belief. A belief is a thought that you thought hundreds of times before. And these thoughts and beliefs feel like the truth, but they only feel like the truth because we've thought them so many times. So for example, you think you're an introvert. That's a thought. It's not written anywhere in the universe that you are an introvert. You think you're an introvert, and because you have that thought, and then your brain finds all this evidence that you are in fact an introvert, this is called confirmation bias, by the way. Basically, your brain looks for evidence of whatever you believe, which is why your beliefs feel like the truth. I did a whole episode on confirmation bias because it's so powerful in keeping us stuck. So you can check that out in podcast episode 36. So if you think you're bad with money, same thing. This is a thought that you've had so many times that it just feels like the truth. And your brain, again, through confirmation bias, is designed to look for evidence of what you believe. But our self-concepts can be entirely malleable. 
In fact, I've been playing with this lately. I've always thought of myself as a shy person. In fact, growing up, I'd get so flustered talking to people that weren't close family or friends that I often just wouldn't talk. So this belief stuck. I am shy. As I've grown, I've learned how to talk to people. But up until recently, I still have told myself I'm a shy person. So lately, I've been playing with that. Like my identity, my self-concept, my thoughts about myself are like, I'm not going to go talk to a random person in the grocery store. That's just not something that I do. I don't engage strangers in conversations. And the other day, my husband and I were out for dinner, and I I saw people that we knew. And these are just casual acquaintances. We've met them a couple of times, but not, not frequently. And I recognized them, but I wasn't sure that they would recognize us. And for a while, I went back to that old familiar thought pattern of, I'm not the kind of person that goes up to people that I barely know and start a conversation. And then I thought, wait a minute, maybe I am. That's just a thought, right? That I'm not the kind of person who does this. But what if I am the kind of person who goes up to people that either I don't know or I barely know and says hi? So I went over to talk to them and we had a great conversation. It was super fun. Here's what I want you to know. You have this identity, this self-concept that you probably had your whole life, and it's probably based on something that somebody else told you about yourself. Like at some point in my life, I'm sure that I naturally gravitated towards not talking to people I didn't know, and I gravitated towards like hiding behind my mom. I remember doing that several times. And then I'm sure somebody at some point was like, oh, she's shy. And then that label stuck, and then... People kept reaffirming that for me, and I was like, okay, I guess this is who I am. So you've had this identity, this self-concept for most of your life, so it's comfortable. This is your comfort zone. You may not like being the shy person or the loud person or the person who always says yes to things even when she doesn't want to do them, but that identity at least is comfortable. It's your comfort zone. When you start stepping out of that comfort zone, it actually feels like you're doing something wrong. Something a lot of my clients struggle with when they're working to build confidence is that when they act confidently, they feel like they're actually acting arrogantly. They're really concerned about that fine line between confidence and arrogance because they've seen people in their lives, usually they're men, who act arrogantly and they mistake that for confidence. And so we're really concerned about acting arrogantly. They're pushing themselves out of their comfort zone, and it's like their confidence versus arrogance sensor is skewed. It's like in the old Subaru I drove during grad school, where the gas gauge was just a little bit off so that it would say I still had gas when the tank was actually empty. And I'd be driving along thinking I was fine, and then suddenly I'd be stalled by the side of the road. It's the same thing when your nice person gauge is off. When you think you're doing your allotment of nice person activities, like helping your sister move again, reviewing a report for your boss when you actually need to leave to go pick up your kid, or telling an acquaintance that it's really actually no big deal when she gets your name wrong again. Really, you're running on nice person fumes, but since your gauge tells you that you still have some nice person left in the tank, you keep going. Until you end up on the couch with a raging headache and snapping at everyone in your house because you are all out of gas. It's the same thing with any part of your identity that you want to grow and develop. 
A lot of female business owners struggle with being visible, for example. We're taught as little kids to not be too much and to not draw attention to ourselves and to not be greedy. So when it comes time to market our business and show up on social media or other places, we shrink from it because our appropriate visibility sensor is off. So what I'm trying to say is when you're looking to develop a new skill or identity or a self-concept, it's going to feel off for a while. And that's okay. You don't want your comfort zone to be the gauge of what's right and wrong when you're identifying this new identity, when you're creating this new identity. Your inner critic is going to tell you what a jerk you are, and you're probably going to get fired and end up broken alone if you tell your boss that you absolutely have to leave to pick up your kid, but you could review the report tomorrow. You'll think you're going to die. This is where you need to be a little extra nice to yourself, super compassionate. So I love the metaphor of lobsters and how they create a new shell for themselves. And I love that as a metaphor for women's lives and the transitions that we go through, because I think it's super fitting. So if you don't know, a lot of crustaceans, like crab, now I'm not thinking of any other crustaceans, but crab, their shells grow with them. And then like hermit crabs, as you know, they leave as they're growing, they leave the shell that they've taken to find a bigger shell. Lobsters are a little bit different than either of those. So lobsters, their shells don't grow with them. So when a lobster grows, the first thing that happens is their old shell or their current shell starts to feel tight. I mean, I'm guessing this part because I've never been a lobster, but their shell starts to feel tight. Something starts to feel off. And then they go through this process of shedding their shell. So they shed their entire shell, and then they're just this pile of delicious goo for I don't know how long it takes them to grow their new shell. So they're this pile of delicious goo, and they have to go hide somewhere because they don't have their protection from predators anymore. So I imagine lobsters, they shed their shell, they go hide under a rock somewhere, and they practice super intensive self-care. <laughs> Again, that's probably not true. But in my mind, that's how it happens. And then they grow this new shell and they get to create this new shell. And they create this new shell on their own terms. So their old shell didn't fit them anymore. It was tight. It was uncomfortable. They felt stuck in it. They shed it and they start creating a new shell based on what they'll need in the future, based on future lobster and what future lobster needs. But for a while, they're this tender, gooey, unprotected thing that has to take care of itself. So this is such an amazing metaphor for so many reasons. So we create these lives for ourselves and then they just don't really fit anymore. So if you are someone who has checked all the boxes, you have been successful in your career, you have a lovely family, and suddenly, or maybe not so suddenly, you wake up and you're like, huh, is this all there is? Or you haven't checked all the boxes and you feel like something's missing, something's wrong with your life. Or something shifts for you at work, either a reorganization that changes things, or you have a new boss, something changes at work, and suddenly work becomes more frustrating and you start to burn out. 
any of these things and a lot of other examples I haven't given, I'm sure, are similar to the lobster that's outgrowing its shell. Its shell no longer fits. So then instead of just jumping to create this new version of yourself, finding a new job, deciding to leave a partner, whatever it is that you want to change, you don't just jump into that, right? You start creating this new identity of who I am. Who am I? Who do I want to be in the future? Who is you 2.0? Who is me 2.0? But there's this phase that just feels really uncomfortable during the creation part. That's 100% normal. This is why I love the metaphor of a lobster and metamorphosis for creating this next version of your life because there's going to be some discomfort. And that's why a lot of people stop. That's why a lot of us stay stuck in jobs that we're burned out at. We stay stuck in partnerships that no longer fit us. We stay stuck in so many different situations because at least it's a known quantity, right? And your brain is actually programmed to keep you stuck in this way because your brain would like nothing more than if you did the same thing day after day. Your brain does not like change. And so the anticipation of this amorphous goo phase, this really uncomfortable phase, coupled with your brain's natural inclination to want things to stay the same, means that a lot of us stay stuck. And then we start rationalizing our stuckness. We're like, well, it's not so bad. I am the primary breadwinner of the family, and so I can't leave my job because what would we do if I didn't make as much money? And then we have these rationalizations, and then suddenly when we come across them, we feel better. I was just talking to a friend who's thinking about starting a coaching business, and she was like, yeah, but I just, I don't have that big of an ego. And you could see kind of the visual, like you could see the relaxation that came on her body when she came up with that rationalization. Because then she's like, I mean, she didn't say this outwardly, but I'm sure that somewhere in her brain, it was like, great, now we don't have to change. We're still safe. And that's what we do. We think about getting a different job or even starting our own business or working in a different industry or leaving our partners or any other change. Those are just some like bigger examples, but any other change. And then our brain comes up with a reason that it's not safe to do it. And we think, okay, phew, <laughs> I don't have to do it because that reason seems perfectly legit. So I want you to anticipate that there is this phase of discomfort that happens when you change from U1.0 to U2.0. And that's okay. That's where trusting yourself comes in. That's where self-compassion comes in. That's where really being able to take care of yourself comes in. And these are all new skills for a lot of us, right? So this change, this creation of future you is exactly the work that we do in my three-month group coaching program, Metamorphosis. I love this program. I think it's magic. Magic happens in it. So if you've ever felt like you're in survival mode, that you've got to get through this day, this to-do list, this stage of your career, this stage of raising children, this stage of life, and you're waiting for something to change, you've got to get in this group. If you've ever felt yourself wondering, is this all there is? And hoping that the answer is that there's actually so much more. You need to join us. We are making magic happen 
And if you find yourself feeling overwhelmed, unfulfilled, and stuck, then you belong in this group. I want you to join us to create massive shifts in your own quality of life. So the work that we'll do together, and it's all in a supportive community of of like-minded women with brains just like yours, the first stage is clearing limiting beliefs, old stories, negative self-talk, and you can start to experience life-changing mindset shifts. This is your inner up level. This is where you start shedding the lobster shell of U1.0 and creating U2.0. I'm all about the metaphors today. Then you'll notice that you start to get some energy back. And you'll start to get some time back because you're no longer the person who says yes to things that are actually no's that you don't want to do. You'll start setting boundaries around your time and energy. And I will help coach you through how crappy that feels when you first start doing it. With this newfound time and energy, the second phase is connection. You'll connect with your authentic self and true desires, start hearing your intuition loud and clear, and build the self-trust you need to start taking action. The third phase of the program is the creation phase. This is where you're creating your new lobster shell. You create an action plan to move forward based on the connections that you've made in the previous section. And then I am there and the rest of the women are there to help support you overcome obstacles, release fear and resistance, and learn to take massive action in the direction of your dreams. I love this program. Like I said, I wish that I had had it seven years ago when I was super burned out and I felt like I was failing at everything. And I thought, is this what my life is going to be like for the next 10, 15, 20 years? That's why I created this program to help you realize and help you get to the place where life is exciting again and you're excited about what you're doing. You no longer wake up and automatically want to go back to bed because you've gone through the to-do list in your head and you've already failed ahead of time because there's way too much to do. It's my job to help you get excited about your future and then create your future self and coach you on all the yuck that comes up while you do that. So enrollment is open now and we begin the third week of October. The early bird discount expires October 10th, so you should act super quickly and I'll drop a link in the show notes with more information. I'd love to see you in the program and until then, take care. If you found this podcast helpful, head on over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. And go ahead and send it to a friend while you're at it. Thank you. My mission in life is to liberate women from the limiting beliefs that are holding them back from living their fullest, most joyful lives. If you'd like to learn more about my work, check out my website at www.amandaryanfear.com. That's A-M-A-N-D-A-R-Y-A-N. F-E-A-R.com, where you can find links to join my free private Facebook group and learn more about working with me.